We are talking this morning, Rabbi Guy and I, about the altered state, the reality state. Do you wake up dead or do you go to sleep alive? Do you go to sleep dead and you wake up alive? It's an altered state. We've been watching a series of wonderful episodic um, um, philosophical cinematic writings of Rod Sterling from the Twilight Zone. And we've been pondering exactly what that means. Where do you wake? Where is? Where are you alive? Alive to a dream or dream to be alive? Let's talk about that, Rabbi Guy. There is an episode in Twilight Zone of a guy that is afraid to go to sleep because once he falls asleep, he's afraid he's going to die. So he goes to see a doctor, a shrink psychiatrist and he tells him doctor you're gonna think i lost my mind you're gonna think i'm nuts but i can't fall asleep every time i go to sleep it's like i have episodes where this woman is trying to kill me she tried to get me to jump off a train she tried to 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 get me to to die and he's talking to the doctor and then he goes out of his office into the waiting room to his secretary and he sees the secretary is the woman from the dream and then he runs and he jumps out of the the doctor's window and then we see the doctor in his office and the guy has been laying on his couch for about two seconds. And the doctor said, I don't know what happened to him. He just came down, he fell asleep, and now he's dead. And it's only been two seconds, but that whole episode was about 25 minutes. Makes you think, what is time exactly? What is the difference between the dream you have at night and the dream you have during the day? We always talk about daydreaming, using your imagination, just sitting somewhere and, and thinking that you were somewhere else. But what if I told you that you are already dead? That we are all already dead? And you think life lasts 80 years, but really it's a blink of an eye, because God said, what is 80 years but a blink of an eye? The life of a human being, but a blink of an eye. A thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. You see, The Matrix, Free Guy, The Truman Show, they all have a common theme, a common message. They all share the same exact message. This world is not the real world, if you will. It is real, but it's a dream. You see, when you're in a dream, the dream is real. But you, when, it, when you wake up out of it, you realize it was just a dream. And I know it's a lot to think about. That's why they call it the twilight zone, because it messes with your head. But when you really think about it, Jesus said, those who lose their life in the dream will find it, but those who keep their life will lose it. You see, the matrix is collapsing. This world is collapsing, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season four with the fake reality, right? It's collapsing. It's about to disappear. It's about to go away. It's about to be destroyed. God gave us the prophecies, you know, Isaiah, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Revelation. He said it multiple times. This world is coming to an end. Your world is coming to an end. You are going to die. Only question is, Will you wake up in the dream before the dream ends? Will you wake up? Will you meet your maker? Will you find your maker? Will you make your way to Jesus before your time is up? You see, this world is a time bomb and it's ticking, tick tock, tick tock. Time doesn't stop. You see, there's no such thing as time management. You all go to those seminars, talk about time management. Well, you don't need to manage time and you cannot either. Time will run with or without you. Tomorrow you're going to be a day older and a day sooner to, to dying. Every day. You never know when it's going to hit you. 
Some people plan, you know, we make plans, God is laughing. All these people plan for retirement, and then 52 years old, they, get, they die from a heart attack, completely healthy, no signs or nothing, they just drop dead. Whole life making all of this money to use it in their old age, but now do not have the physical attribute and means by which to enjoy and animate that money they spend all that time making. It's not the management of the time. It's, it's rather the meaning of the time and what you do with the time. You can't manage time. You can only use it. You can use it or not use it, or better, instead of manage, how about this, maximize it. You can maximize that time. See, some people can accomplish in two minutes what others cannot accomplish in two seconds. Some can accomplish in two seconds what others cannot accomplish in two days. Some can accomplish in one week what others cannot accomplish in one year. It's the same time that both have, but you are utilizing that time differently. Some take advantage of that time. They maximize it, and some do not. Some just let time pass them by. And that song, time is on your side. Yes, it is. Well, if I got that lyric right, that lyric is wrong. Time is not on your side. Time simply is a gravity constructed by God. You have nothing to do with it at all. It's already deemed and doomed. The day of your birth and the day of your death is already determined. And so when you look at what Rabbi Guy is saying about understanding where you are. God told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were. You always were. I knew you before you were, before you entered in this altered state. To be alive is to die. Jesus said, what? If you want to live, you got to give up your life. And those that choose to hold on to their life will lose their life. You actually do die in your dream if you accept the death in your dream. Else you may not. Many of us don't die in our dreams. Maybe we never wake up. And then there are those like Rabbi Guy who's died multiple times in a dream. Maybe he has been the most awake. See, because we fear dying. I think a lot of times we don't die in our dreams because we really do fear dying. When we lose the fear of death, then we are alive. Do you fear death or do you fear God? Why would you fear death if you know God? It, you see, that doesn't make sense because death is only the beginning. Death is merely the, the caterpillar turning into a cocoon before you turn into a butterfly. See, a butterfly has to go through stages in its life, and so do we. We are all spiritual beings. You are a spirit more than you are flesh. You know, the flesh, the meat, your skin, your muscles, that's just dirt. You know, from ashes to ashes and dust to dust, that you will go back in the ground and rot and, and maggots will eat you, will eat you your, your entire body. But your soul returns to God, returns to your maker. And why do you put more emphasis on something that's going to rot away in a few dozen years than you do about your soul, which is eternal? You see, you're all going to live forever. Your consciousness, your spirit, who you are, you are going to exist. The question is where and with whom? And there's really only two options. People say, like, I don't believe in a God who send people to hell. Well, God doesn't send you to hell. You choose to stay there. Unless you choose to wake up and develop a relationship with your Heavenly Father, with God, the Creator, and get to know Him and be under His wing, in His chambers, under His protection, in His private aquarium, 
then you will just perish in the darkness. You will just stay behind. See, this world is collapsing. And it's just like in, in the Matrix, some people are not ready to wake up. Some people want to stay behind. They want to leave this illusion. They don't want to wake up to the grim reality that their precious life is disintegrating. But you see, life is nothing. It's something, yet it really is nothing. You think about what is 80 years compared to eternity, million, billion, quadrillion years, forever, no end. Do you really care that much about the stupid things of this world that you would sacrifice your entire existence just to have another piece of sin? Yes, the, the world teaches them that, the fear. See, they fear the temporal. They fear the temporal. You, every day that you're indoctrinated to fear the temporal, the temporary, the weight gain this week, the, 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 the waistline is bigger this week, the muscles aren't uh, as big as they should be, as they might be next week. You constantly live in the temporal and you have a fear of not being able to hold on to what's fading away. You're, you're taught to hold on to chase what's fading away. Chase a dollar. That's not going to be worth what it is uh, uh, yesterday, today, or tomorrow, yesterday. You're always chasing something that's going to burn or collapse in an earthquake or a flood, a house, a piece of property. You're always chasing something that you cannot hold on to. And they teach you to chase what you cannot hold on to, which is why drug addiction and highs are so uh, prolific in society. You're always chasing what you cannot hold on to. You're never really becoming what you want to be because you're taught not to be what you should be, or what you could be. See, God teaches you to chase what is eternal, not what is temporal. But you are so afraid of losing the 10 seconds that you cannot see and grasp the 10,000 years for the 10 seconds. See, life is just a marshmallow test. You sit there in front of that one marshmallow a.k.a. sin or pleasure, right? And you sit there and God tells you, well, if you don't eat the marshmallow in X amount of years, I'm not going to tell you exactly what, but I'm going to tell you that you're going to get something better than the marshmallow. You're going to get maybe 10 marshmallows. See, God doesn't say exactly. He says heaven. He says, well, he says, if your evil parents who know how to give you good gifts, you know, if you ask for a bread, they're not going to give you a rock. And if you ask for a pet, they're not going to give you a snake. So how much more is your heavenly father going to give good gifts to those who love him? You see, it's a, it's a question of trust. Do you trust God? God has already made his promise. Now it's up to you. He told you, if you're not going to eat this marshmallow, I'll give you something better. But are you really that hungry and so afraid of losing that one marshmallow that you're willing to sacrifice your entire future just for a marshmallow? Adam and Eve did. They had that one marshmallow, right? The fruit of knowledge. And they ate it. God told them not to eat it. You see, the, the thing with Adam and Eve, though, God did not tell them, if you wait, you will have more. He just said, do not eat it. But you see, we don't know the difference between no and not now. Every time you pray for something, God says, not now, when you think it's no. God's like, well, he's going to give you someone eventually. He's going to give you a job eventually. He's going to give you prosperity eventually. But are you willing to be patient? Everybody's asking for patience. And when God is giving you the opportunity to develop patience, you're cussing him out and you get mad. And you rebel against God and you, you start doing drugs and getting drunk. Like, ah, I'm stuck in this, in this hole, in this pit and miry clay, right? Well, that's a part of it. How are you going to develop patience unless you are forced to wait? 
See, God is not going to give you the end result. He's going to give you the process to get there. You want to get strong, he's going to give you difficulties to make you stronger. You want to get wise, he's going to give you problems to solve. It, it, it's like you need to understand, yes, God is almighty and he can do anything, but he wants you to develop it and get stronger from the inside out, not from the outside in. Because at the end of the day, you will always match on the outside who you are on the inside. You might be a little bit ahead of yourself on the outside. You might have you know, more finances than your character. You might have someone that's a little over your level, right? But eventually, unless you grow on the inside, the outside is going to collapse to match who you are. Unless you develop that character and that perseverance and endurance on the inside, your outside circumstances will collapse. So see, there's really only one point to this life. One thing that really matters, just one thing, there's the book, the one thing. What is your one thing? My one thing is knowing the Lord, knowing Jesus and having a personal relationship with him because that is the only thing that lasts. That is the only real thing in this world, the only thing that I can transfer from the matrix to the real world, the spiritual kingdom of God. And let me tell you something. From someone that actually knows God, and have a relationship with him. A personal basis, name-to-name basis, talking, continual conversation. There is nothing, no sin, no pleasure, no sex, no candy, no money, no promotion, no vacation, no, no nothing even comes close to having one conversation with the creator of the universe. One conversation is already millions and billions of light years ahead of any kind of pleasure you could have on this earth. And that conversation can only happen, Rabbi Guy, if you actually are listening. See, most people don't have a conversation, just like when we talk with people. They don't listen to us. They're too busy thinking about what they're going to say while we're talking, never even really hearing what we say. See, you say you can't hear God. Well, it's because you're not even listening. You're not listening because you're too busy thinking about what you want. Your purpose, your purpose. There's no higher thing to bring peace than purpose. And I have found that there is no greater purpose than the purpose that God has purposed for me. See, we are all over the place with our purpose, what we want to do. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know who I want to date. Oh, I don't know where I want to go. I don't know where I want to live. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't know who I want to be. I don't know what color my hair should be. I don't know exactly how my muscles should be. I don't know what clothes I should wear. I don't know what shoes I should buy. You're confused, constantly having to make those decisions and mostly confused because you are bombarded with everybody telling you what to wear what to think, what color your hair should be, what you should accept and what you shouldn't accept. Rules already been laid down. The guidelines already been given without any confusion whatsoever. And God is determined that when you connect in conversation, as everybody guy said, with God, Father, what is your purpose? What did you put me here for? Everything changes. None of you are willing to ask that question or submit yourself to your maker or your designer. So your confusion is chaotic. And will continue to be so until then. And then there are those, and you think you have found your purpose. Well, I would say to you that well and fine that you feel content in finding your purpose. You will find in the end that the purpose that you have denied was the purpose that you were designed for. And at one point or the other, you will pay the piper for that. You will answer to God for your truly designed purpose. You know, you ever say, you missed your calling? You've heard that saying, I missed my calling. It just means I didn't hear God. I miss God.
Wake up. Jesus is calling.